Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Any good stories from the road? Pipe up. I wish we'd gotten seen a little bit more out of our punter. I'm starting to puke. It makes my stomach hurt. Yeah. I thought he was going to die. I'm starting to throw up in my mouth a little bit. He's on the probiotics. Is Georgia playing the 1985 Bears this weekend or what? A lot of Todd, Todd, Todd talk. That poison proof. They're mongeese. We will not be hunted at the University of Georgia. I can promise you that. The hunting that we do will be done from us going the other direction. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing? Uh, I'm Wes Blankenship, Palmer Toms, and Jake Rowe joining me tonight. And Jake Roos will be swooping in in his closer role that we've what he does. Uh, grown so accustomed Bringing the to heat. Yeah, I mean, he just comes in right when he needs to. He's got a closer's haircut. He's got a closer's haircut. He sure as hell does. What would... Other than Mountain Jake, what do you think Jake Roos's nickname would be if he was a closer? The Rooster. Yeah. Here comes the Rooster. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, it's a big recruiting week. I'm not going to beat around the bush there, and we can get into that a little bit. Uh, Jake and Palmer, I know you've heard a ton of what uh, Rusty and Jake Roos have to say about the scavenger hunt coming up. Georgia picks up a huge commitment in Dylan Riola. And just like I was speaking about Brock Vandergriff a couple shows ago, we've learned a lot about Ryan Puglisi since uh, Dylan Riola committed as well. So we'll get into all that. But I want to lead off the show with something that you wrote about today, Jake Rowe. Uh, Broderick Jones is a uh, Pittsburgh stiller. And every opportunity these guys get, they continue to say remarkable things about Kirby Smart's staff, and they don't even have to. I tell you what, man, um, 
you, I, I framed the story. I mean, it's a free story. Come over and read it over at uh, Dogs HQ because it was some comments he made to uh, – um, the Goat Factory, which is a uh, a, a, a thing on TikTok. I, I don't honestly don't know if he made them directly to them, but they're the one that ones that posted the quotes and or posted the video. And um, I framed it as listen uh, over the course of three years at Georgia, he was probably asked to host some guys and and to help Georgia recruit. I don't know if anything he could have done in that time would have been more valuable than what he said, which was basically. Um, the same thing Kirby said pregame every every game seeming like they don't do it like they you know nobody does it like Georgia does it um, that nobody prepares you as well as Georgia prepares you nobody's on top of you and making sure that you're doing exactly what you need to do from a detail standpoint from a physicality standpoint um, hey that's how that's how Georgia ends up landing uh, Dylan Raiola uh, that that's how Georgia. Uh, you keep hearing these people, well, you know, this, this next five-star quarterback better pan out or it's going to kill quarterback recruiting just to kind of make this thing come full circle. There's a reason they keep getting five-star quarterbacks, and it's because of the culture and the detail and the preparedness. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't think Brock, Broderick Jones could have uh, done a better service to the team that he, you know, started 19 games for than basically coming out and saying nobody, not anybody close, and I've got friends that play at other colleges, uh, <clears throat> compare, uh, prepares you like Georgia does. Well, and, and for me, it reminded me a lot of what Nolan had to say right after the combine workout when he was, you know, given his sales pitch for, for coming to Athens and coming to Georgia. And, you know, I, I think it speaks volumes when those guys that have been through the program reap the rewards – you know, they, they speak volumes about it, um, you know, that they are incredibly proud to be Georgia Bulldogs and they understand that, um, you know, it, it doesn't make them better because they are uh, members of the Georgia football program, but it, hopefully they are better for being a part of the Georgia football program. I, um, I put on and, our and, message board that I don't think any Georgia player had – well, I, I, I'll rephrase it. I don't think Broderick Jones could have had a much better Georgia career than what he had with the moments that he was called upon and how he delivered and how he closed his career out as a first round draft pick. Well, and, and it's impressive because if you look at his career, he's not a guy that stepped in and started, you know, hell for his first two seasons. He wasn't the primary starter. He started played some games as a sophomore started a couple in there as well because Jamari Salyer got hurt. Um, and stepped in at the biggest time of that season when Georgia needed him the, the most and, and proved that he could be a, a guy that there was no drop-off from one NFL left tackle to another. Um, and, and so, you know, it, it's, it's, cool to see, it's cool to see a guy that waited his turn, did things the right way, um, you know, seeing that payoff. And and for Broderick, I mean, it happened in three years. It takes some guys four, five, six, um, you know, in in the post COVID world. But um, you know, to to so I guess he didn't really have to wait that long. He was a five star coming out of high school, but he handled things the right way um, his entire way through. And um, you know, to see it pay off is really really cool. So I searched for Broderick Jones on Getty Images, and this apparently is him. What do y'all think That's, about this? Uh, what is this? This proof. is like uh, he looks like the mummy. There, uh, you know, for those of uh, for those that are uh, 
big fans of the daytime soap operas. Um, way back in the day, Days of Our Lives had a uh, situation where the dude had wrapped his head in something, some kind of gauze like that, and nobody know who knew who it was. I remember my mom and her stories uh, is what she called them. Uh, her and my grandmother, they taped them on a VHS, and uh, that's what it reminds me of. I don't know. It was either John Black or Roman or somebody like that on that show. Uh, but the, every time I see that thing, I think about getting your head wrapped in gauze. Have, and, have you seen this picture before? Yeah, yeah. Jalen Carter wore it a little bit too, didn't he? Yep. Uh, maybe and, last and year. Good pick, and, well, Jalen wore it at, at some points during the year. Um, Roderick, I think, picked it up closer towards the end. And and I want to say George Pickens has worn something very similar to that. Um, that yeah, he that, did. He wore it uh, when he got drafted, right? When he was staring at the screen, a fellow uh, Steeler. Maybe it's a Steelers thing. That photo is one of the most goofy, <laughs> funny things I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, I I didn't even know where it had come from because I didn't watch the draft last year. You didn't think it was real when I first sent it to you. Yeah, I was like, what? Like, I didn't have any idea. I, one thing about Broderick Jones, though, man, you, you see a, you see the backup quarterback get to come in and win a game for his team. I mean, that's as close as an offensive lineman will ever get a chance to get is what he did in that national championship game. Oh, it was incredible. I'm not saying he came in and played perfect or even played phenomenally well. No, but Georgia needed him to come in and, and do what he did, essentially. Right, and he came in and threw some key blocks and some key moments. You know, I mean, sealed off Will Anderson on the edge on a run from Zamir White to kind of help Georgia, uh, you know, get the run game going. It's it's pretty crazy. And, and you know, kudos to him and kudos to Stacey Searles for the advances he made from, uh, tw you know, 2021 to be like, all right, well – um, kind of a really good pass protector, kind of a finesse player, to a year later you got NFL scouts saying this guy's a bully. This guy is an absolute bully. Yeah. And uh, now he gets to go do it in the uh, uh, in the Steel City down the, by well, the Allegheny River, I believe. And it's crazy to think what, you know, what more is out there for him because he is that third-year player. He is relatively young, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, and, and I mean, I, the, the comment that stands out to me about Broderick through that pre-draft process is, um, Mel Kuyper said he's, he's an offensive line coach's dream. He's athletic. He's, um, you know, still capable of being molded into, you know, we, he probably wasn't the most polished product of those guys. Um, that's why you, that's why you saw, uh, a Darnell Wright go above him. That's why you saw, um, Paris Johnson Jr. go in the top. Well, that 10 guy's just a mountain of a human. Um, yeah, yeah, ab absolutely. But to to have everything there uh, and, and be as good as he is now, and and still have so much left to accomplish. At, at least that's the narrative out there. Um, you know, and so much ground to improve upon. Um, you know, that says a lot about Roderick and and what Georgia did with him during his time and what the future could look like for him. So I got a uh, clip that just landed on the internet tonight, and it is from our uh, buddies over at the next round. They're over in the state to the left of us. If you listen to WJOX, you're uh, familiar with Ryan Brown and Jim Dunway and those guys. But Ryan uh, just shared a video with me with uh, Kirby Smart talking about another NFL draft pick. Stetson Bennett, and if you haven't seen the clip of Stetson unloading 
uh, in a Rams workout. We're about to pull that up too. I don't think the Rams will mind us promoting their Twitter account, but here's Kirby talking about Stetson. I'm a huge Rams guy, and I was excited when we took Stetson Bennett. Like, I think he has the ability, and you know this a lot more than we do, the kid just knows how to play football, and I've got a feeling that he's going to be successful in the NFL. He's talented. He's a great athlete. He think he fits their scheme. I think Sean liked him playing in, in Monkin's system. There's a lot of similarities there. Uh, he loves Stafford. He's got a chance to learn him to one of the best. I don't think you can find a better fit for him. Apologies for the black screen there. Uh, but, yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Kirby just uh, cutting it up and being pretty casual about it. He's a big Stetson Bennett guy. You heard him say that. I don't want to read too much into it, but everything is read too much into when it uh, concerns Stetson Bennett these days, so figured I'd highlight it. And uh, Stetson landing in the perfect spot for him, uh, learning from Matthew Stafford. I don't think Kirby's off base there. Hey, man, uh, people say all the time, I hear it every day, um, Los Angeles, Blackshear, basically the same place. You know, so, um, you know, good for him. You know, he gets basically – What are, what what do you think is the biggest similarity between Blackshear and Los Angeles? <laughs> Maybe, Maybe they both towns have a McDonald's. Maybe they have the same number of letters in it, in the, in the word, maybe. I haven't counted. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah, I think – yeah, they do. Ten. Okay, yeah, so – There you go. Jesus, Wes, that was really fast. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking still, at it right I just, now. I got done counting up Blackshear as as he said ten, and I'm that running was about laps to start around Los you guys. <laughs> yeah, you are. Hey, dude, you you guys would have been proud of me last night at the Camden County Bulldog Club. I did some math in my head. Somebody was talking about how Georgia players get paid. Uh, that the rumor was that Georgia players, Rick Neuhausel said it actually. Georgia players, all scholarship players, get paid two uh, twenty grand a month. And while he was talking, I decided to go ahead and start doing the math, and I said that's twenty million forty. 400,000, and then the folks were like, Oh, ah, I nailed it, dude. I was so proud of myself. Oh, I was about to pull up the calculator and check your work. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, I can't remember what the method is, but I had a, I had a math teacher in high school who taught me how kind of to, uh, to do like, you know, uh, multiples of five. You know, as long as you kind of keep it with zeros and fives at the end, I can do it pretty quick. Didn't, didn't let's let's not test me, I don't do well under pressure. Didn't you? Teach I was math? about to give you some facts, What's some that? figures. Didn't you teach math? I did teach math, but I mean, <laughs> we, we didn't multiply. We didn't multiply twenty grand times twelve times eighty-five. Um, so uh, a whole lot, anyway. All right, do some math here, Ro. The population of Blackshear, Georgia, according to Wikipedia, in twenty twenty, they could yeah. have had a baby boom since then with Stetson on the <laughs> on the board. Right. There's no Good telling. Point, the population is 3,506. The is population in Shit. L.A. as of 2020 is 3,898,747. What is 3,898,747 <laughs> divided by 3,506? That's like a th – I mean, it's a little over 1,000. I'd say probably somewhere yeah. around 11 or 1,200. It is a pretty even number. You're right. Yeah, a little, little over eleven or twelve hundred, maybe. I love the Georgia show. We uh, yeah, we're awesome. I mean, we, we I mean, math lessons and everything. So for for one person in Blackshear, there are one hundred or one thousand one hundred and twelve people in LA. Yeah, that's and one of them now, one of them is Stetson Bennett. Yeah, which does he count for there? 
Oh, he's a, he's an L.A. Guy, guy now, man. He's LA? about to be. Yeah, he's about to be on movie sets. He's going to be getting that script so, ready. I mean, I mean, does does that affect his? Does his drafting to L.A. affect the Blackshear population? Was was oh. his permanent residence still listed in Blackshear? You think they're uh, you think they're fudging the numbers out there? I mean, they they could be. We're asking. <laughs> um, all right, we'll move on from Blackshear and L.A. I, Roos is going to be very upset that he missed out on this. Yeah, 100%. This is right up his alley. 100% is right up his alley. We'll just stay in the uh, dogs and the pros. Kyrus Jackson uh, making the Titans minicamp. Um, I'm huge on Kyrus Jackson. It's probably a like recency uh, uh, location bias because I covered him in high school, which is crazy to say that You know, back when I was working in Macon – Kiaris was just in high school. That shows you how long he's been in Georgia because it's been a while since I've been down there. But Kiaris having a shot with the Titans, I think he's got a pretty good shot, guys. The depth is not the best, uh, not to slight Kiaris, but undrafted guy having a chance to make the roster, make some big plays when it counts for uh, the Nashville Titans. I think Kiaris could get it done. Yeah, I mean, absolutely he can. I, I've said it on the board and – Again, no slight to uh, Kiaris, but Georgia's receiver room is better than the Titans, and so he was able to get on the field. I I think so, Jake. I mean, are you giving me that look like you don't think so? Nah, I don't know, man. It's pro football versus college. It's uh, the Titans have a really bad receiver room. Um, worse than the a, NFL, according to ESPN. They changed um, away AJ Brown for whatever reason. They they did, and and they tried to draft his replacement in Traylon Burks and. He's wide receiver one for the Titans, so a second-year guy. Um, you know, it, it, it's a young group, but it's not all that talented of one. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I do think Kyrus has a really good shot to make this team. He's somebody that contributed on special teams throughout his career at UGA, um, you know, came up with some big catches. And, and I know, um, you know, I, I know that he wasn't – maybe quite as productive his last two years as he was, um, you know, in 2020 when he was one of the team leaders and, you know, uh, you know, injuries certainly played a part in that, um, you know, was coming off of a knee injury, uh, you know, had, had a scope that summer of 2021 and uh, played through all the pain in the world that year, um, played in all 15 games. And um, if I'm not mistaken, played in every game this past season too. Um, and, and was, more uh, yeah i don't remember a game that he missed yeah so i mean he he, one thing that you can say about kiaris jackson is that he's tough as nails he's going to go out there um you know if if he is healthy um you know in in the slightest bit uh he's going to be out there and so the best ability is availability and i was about um, to say that did you did you come up with that i I think i read your mind wes okay you're you're right though it, it is. I mean, when you go to a pro camp any given summer, any given fall, you start to find some guys that weren't the biggest, weren't the baddest dudes in college. But guess what? They're healthy. They can play and they can still give you some reps and get out there. And I could totally see Kiaris being that guy, if not for the Titans for several years. He could be uh, an NFL journeyman or just find a role in any given team and be that dude that can give people a look, man. And that, that goes a long, long way in the NFL. And, and again, speaking as a, somebody that follows the Titans probably closer than anybody else on this show, injuries have been their biggest concern 
injuries have been their biggest problem over the last couple of years. They have been one of the most beat up teams. Um, I, I think it was that 2020 season or 2021. They played more players uh, in that single season. More players were active for a game than any other team in NFL history. Um, and, and so injuries, COVID that year. Um, but, you know, lots lots of things went into that. And, um, you know, so if he's able to be on the field, that's that's a huge boost to his stock with the Titans. I would just love to see him get healthy and stay healthy for a little while because um, I, I hope injuries haven't zapped it. But coming out of high school, Kiaris was legitimately a freak athlete. I mean, like, you know, yeah. a high jumper, a, 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 a sprinter, uh, state champion in the in the shot put like he was a legitimately a big time freak athlete and you know somewhere along the way you know I uh, I mean you go back to what was it 2018 was it 20 I think it was 2018 man it's um, wild to even think that he he could have been there that long ago right but it was, was 2019 it was, his freshman year 2018 was, 2018 was his freshman year because he uh, crazy he worked a little at tailback because Georgia yep. had so many injuries, and he got in against Middle Tennessee State. And uh, he was he had, he had had a really good, I believe, he had a really good spring. Um, he had gotten off to a good start during during preseason camp. Got a hamstring injury that lingered into the season. He ended up getting a red shirt that year because um, he didn't play enough games. I think that was the first year of the four year red shirt rule. Yep, um, it was. But yeah. um, yeah, and then the next year, I mean, he catches a big one against Vandy in 2019, breaks his hand on that play fumbles at the end of it because he uh, got hit right on the hand and broke it. And then that sets him back. And then, you know, 2020, he gets off to a hellacious start. Everything gets weird at quarterback. Um, and uh, he still ends up in leading Georgia in receiving that year by one yard over George Pickens. Uh, and then it was just kind of injury after injury, maybe stole from him. So, I mean, there's, there's not a better bulldog out there. This guy right here is in the same – in terms of how he feels about Georgia and the way he – plays the game i mean this is nolan smith on offense right here is who this is well and, yeah and as we as we talk about all the injuries of curious he missed mini camp this past week with the titans um he he had a little bit of a i think it was a wrist tendon um he, he had surgery on that after the national championship um so you know he it, obviously it's an injury that's coming from playing football and playing more football than anybody on that team uh this past season um, at, at least among the rookies. And so, um, you know, he, I think it says a lot about what the Titans think of Kyrus, uh, that they are signing him without seeing him suit up in, in you know, the two tone blue. Uh, that's some Nashville insight right there from Palmer Toms, a local. <laughs> He's killing me with the two tone blue. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, with the red and black, the maize and blue. The, I mean, just like it's. <laughs> Everybody. Like written, like written for the press release. When I hear two tone blue, I think about a 1996 F-150. I don't think about the Titans, <laughs> but I'm glad Palmer does. Hold on, uh, hold you on. know, tighten up, go. baby. What is yeah. that? Oh, some Here's that Russian nesting doll, yeah. Russian egg doll. Yeah, I'm not gonna open it because it makes a horrible sound. But yeah, we got Steve okay. McNair. This is their from their uh, Super Bowl team. Air McNair. Were you alive then? I was just born. That was my first football season live. I was not, but, you know, a couple Gosh. months old. My you parents couldn't push were, the Titans over the edge, could you? No, and my parents did their damnedest. They uh, they, they put me in – they got a Titans onesie, 
and stuffed me in it every game that oh, entire Palmer season. put and, so much poop uh, in that thing. Palmer <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, blew out in that thing like six times. <laughs> Rusty, Rusty was talking about Kiaris' big catch in the Peach Bowl against Ohio State, and I was thinking about that um, since we wrapped up like probably five times a day. That's how much I, I love Kiaris Jackson. But uh, or you love the Georgia show. It it took me back to Kiaris in the Peach Bowl against Cincinnati. And he had a big game against uh, the Bearcats, too. He just loved the Peach Bowl, I guess. Yeah, must that must be a thing. Were you all at that game? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I was uh, shoeless. Uh, I, it was, <laughs> That's right. You got it was flooded. so wet getting in there, I soaked my socks and shoes. And, uh, and I basically just rolled my jeans up and sat there in the press box like Huckleberry Finn. Um, <laughs> and, uh, just was, hillbilly. Uh, hillbilly row. Lieutenant, the, Dan, uh, Lieutenant Dan taught us to take care of our, our of our feet. That's you right. Always take care was, of your feet. That was the only game I worked that year. We've we've now talked about the Middle Tennessee game in 2018, my first game working, and uh, 2020 Peach Bowl, uh, my only game working that year. So, yeah, yeah. You were supposed Dan. to work the Vanderbilt game, and yep. we never we never got a chance to see that one played. I've got that credential nope. around here somewhere. Yeah, I, I do too. From the from the lost Vanderbilt game of 2020. Um, but Wes, going back to your Kiaris love, I think it's got a lot to do with those making days. Yeah, uh, you know, I was going to get to uh, Craig Lawson's question here. Did you ever hit the <laughs> crazy bull with Marvin James and Ben Jones? Uh, I can't say that I did. I did go to the Crazy Bull a couple times, and uh, unfortunately, um, I was I was there for. There's something about the name long, Marvin a lot James. longer time than I should have. There's something about the name Marvin James that just sounds like he's out at a camel light in somebody's eye at some point. Like, I mean, that's 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 a rough, dangerous man right there, Marvin James. Marvin James is an outlaw, man. No, he's a uh, he's a veteran of the. Making Georgia sports beat, baby. He's oh, been, okay. yeah, he's the uh, sports anchor down there. Ben Jones, the meteorologist. If you know Marvin not, James and Ben Jones and Frank Malloy, then you watch 13 WMAZ. Not Ben Jones, the uh, Titans center. Not at all. No, this isn't all about the Titans, Palmer. <laughs> all right. Uh, Lieutenant Dan did say there's nothing like a good pair of socks. There's nothing like a T-shirt from Breaking Tea. And – <laughs> As you see right here, that dog will hunt 2022 national champions, Georgia football, back-to-back -back champs. That uh, that Stetson one over there, that Stetson one back-to-back -back shirt was uh, displayed last night at the Camden County Bulldog Club when I was there. Were you wearing um, it? Saw a fellow, saw, saw a, uh, a, a spry young man of about 55, 60 years old wearing it with a pair of jeans tucked in. Nicely. Oh. Uh, he was uh, sporting it just right and looked good in that shirt. So hell yeah, he, he could have he would have put a whipping on me if I'd have done anything because he was uh, that dude was put together for a, for an older gentleman. Was it a braided belt? I have to imagine if the t-shirt is tucked into a pair of jeans, there's a braided belt involved. I did not see a braided belt, but I will say this: you know, since we're talking about um, you know we're promoting things, uh, I told Wayne down at the Camden County Bulldog Club I'd do this. Um, because he gave, I didn't ask for it. He gave it to me. Uh, Taylor Oaks Apiary, honey. Okay. Palmetto honey. I told him I'd give it a shout out on the show. So y'all check it out. Taylor Oaks. I I'm sorry. I'm covering you up. Hold on. Hold on. Lift this it is up. the tastiest honey I've, I've ever had in my life. Check this out. It's awesome. 
Are they paying is, us uh, for it's this? Good stuff. Yeah. It is. Um, they, it's send me some of that. Honey, which is uh, apparently really close to Tupelo honey. Um, but yeah, my man, uh, my man gave me some of it. Uh, just it's good stuff. I can't wait to put it on a biscuit. So, so thus far, I've only had it in my coffee and on a spoon. Mm. Well, I can't wait to try some when they send us a barrel of it. <laughs> uh, check out Breaking Tea. The <laughs> that was like a a honey within the T-shirt ad. There we go. Product placement exception. Uh, check out Breaking Tea. Always a link in the show description. All right. Until Jake Roos does join us, let's talk about the scavenger hunt. Let's talk about Dylan Riola. Let's talk about. Oh my gosh, dude! Speak of the devil, and he shall appear. What's up, Mountain Jake? Hey, what's going on, boys? Man, you were talking about Roos as a as a closer. Goodness, that I would was, love to see kinda, Jake Roos. That kind of freaks me out, Roos. Were you listening? I wasn't. What happened? Wait, were you you, talking you about popped that? in right when I said your name. It was insane. <laughs> hey, was Wes, nuts. you were talking about him as a closer earlier. I'd love to see him wear a hat, a Major League Baseball hat that looks exactly like the one he's got on with that haircut. <laughs> with Can you that- imagine if a if an MLB closer bent the brim like that? Yeah. I'll with that skinny neck and that big old head just coming <laughs> in from the from – the- <laughs> The melody Dude, Dil- Dylan Brooks has just given you a new nickname, the Mountain Devil. I like that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, man. All right, so let's talk about the scavenger hunt. Um, I said when we came in tonight, I wanted to devote almost as much time to Ryan Puglisi as we do Dylan Riola, Roos, because, you know, we were talking about Brock Vandergriff a couple shows ago about the dedication he has to compete and to this uh, position battle. And all I see in the replies to our tweet about Raiola committing are, you know, in, in your great story, great coverage with uh, Puglisi himself, everyone's saying there's no way this guy won't transfer. Seemed pretty rock solid when you talked to him. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, um, you know, listen, I, we've talked about this a couple of times. The reality is probably Ryan Puglisi or Dylan Raiola will transfer before their career. But there's not – those guys are probably not going to stay at Georgia – uh, for the duration, um, that would be shocking in this era of football. But listen, he's saying all the right things. He's coming to compete, and I'll be honest with you, man. I mean, that's something I think that's going to appeal very, very heavily to his head coach. Uh, you know, at the next level, I think Kirby's going to love that he's got the dog in him, man. I mean, he's not backing down from anything. Dylan Raiola is an incredible player, number one player in the nation. Ryan Puglisi ain't scared, man. Ryan Puglisi ain't worried about where Dylan Raiola's ranked. Or Ryan Puglisi's worried about showing up and handling his own business. And I think that that's really the huge takeaway, man. And listen, he's seen it done. It's proof positive in Athens. You know, Stetson Bennett overcame JT Daniels. The five-star guy didn't win out in that in that instance. Um, you know, it's the case. It's not always the case that you know. Uh, Brock Vandegrift's a five-star guy. Brock or uh, uh, Carson Beck was a four-star guy. The high-rated guy that doesn't mean, you know, that that's a, a sure thing. It's all it'll all settle itself out when they get on campus and on the field. Sorry, uh, Ro, I thought you were about to say something. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I I was about to say something. That I uh, saw that big, you know, red mark on my mute button because um, <laughs> I've been yawning and making all sorts of noises. Um, here's what I like about this situation. And it's, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, it's just kind of a weird thing. Um, 
I like the way, you know, like when you when you read his comments, you read a guy that's kind of excited to come in and get to know another kid. You kind of read a guy that's excited to come in and be a teammate. It's not necessarily like, oh, I think I can beat him. I'm sure that's part of it. But I get the sense that you got a you got a guy here. I mean, everything you hear about Dylan Raola would, would tell you that he is a good teammate. He's an affable guy. He's, uh, you know, obviously his dad's an offensive lineman. He's been raised right. You know, offensive linemen are, are good people. Um, and for the most part, Richie Incognito notwithstanding. <laughs> um, but, you know, you uh, – uh, but but then you look at you know you, then, then you look at Ryan Puglisi and and I think, listen man, this could be the, the start of something beautiful here. You know, I mean, it could be the start of you know like a couple of iron sharpens iron type dudes here. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe they're both amazing and Georgia just alternates them by play and they run the first two quarterback system for four years and win four national championships and uh, they finish one and two and then two and one in the Heisman like you know for a couple years in a row or something. I mean, I doubt it, but. Um, you know, somebody's going to transfer, and that quarterback room is going to look weird. And, and you know, Ro, I'll it, cut you off. That exact scenario is what a lot of Georgia fans expect to happen, though. <laughs> they're probably They'll be disappointed if it doesn't play out that way. Yeah, there probably are a few. I probably, probably a few of them just cut it off right after I got through doing that before I switched <laughs> gears and just said, All right, he told us it was happening. Um, but no, I mean, I, I, I do think it's really cool how, you know, reading Roos's story, which a phenomenal job of just going ahead and getting a hold of him and, and kind of, you know, that was a very important piece of news on a big day um, that wasn't really, you know, uh, Rayola, you know, centric. Um, that, you know, he seems like he's really excited about being a teammate. And, you know, that's that's all you can ask for in some of these players. That, that's that's all you can ask for if you're Georgia and you've got this piece of connection built. You know, something I talked about on the board today, something I talked about, uh, I've talked about before. And then and last night when I was in, you know, I keep bringing it up last night in Camden County was that, you know, Georgia, everybody wants to call them the new Alabama. I think Georgia's built different than Alabama. Similarly, yeah. You know, the whole do your job and one day at a time, one play at a time, all that stuff. But I'm telling you, man, when you get to the if you're looking if you're looking at these things in different compartments and you get to that culture compartment, that inverted pyramid and that number one most important piece, it's not professionalism and do your job. That's the next rung down. And it's still a very important piece. Number one is connection. Yeah, man. It's human nature, right? Like like you expect Kirby to come from Saban. And I think the easy thing to think is, well, he's going to be. Alabama East but that you know now that Kirby's earned that benefit of the doubt he's won a couple championships I think it's fair to say that's unfair to Kirby to say that he's just going to be the next Nick Saban why can't he have learned something from Saban and added to it and that's exactly what he's done uh the players lounge conversation with Dominic Lovett and Warren Brinson there was a moment from that conversation where they had a lot more time than I have when I spoke to Dominic. Uh, they, had, they chatted for about 30 minutes. Y'all should totally check it out. But uh, Brinson and Lovett, guys that have been there for different amounts of time, both said, I can tell that Kirby Smart cares about us. He cares about the players on this team. And I think that whole model of the culture, the connection, it comes down from the top. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jake, I think you touched on something that was pretty important, which is that I don't really I haven't gotten the sense and I'm not trying to put words into Ryan Puglisi's mouth here, but I haven't gotten the sense that he's necessarily worried about competing with Dylan Riola. I don't know that that's very much on his mind, to be honest. 
honest with you. I think that Ryan Puglisi cares about what Ryan Puglisi can do and yeah. trying to do what he can. And, hey, I'm going to take care of my business, and I'm not worried about who's there and who's not. It's it's about what I got to put together to uh, be the most successful player that I can be for the University of Georgia. And when you get the mentality like that, it's really strong, man. Jeez, well, man, I mean, that's, man, that's something you could just only ask to get out of a 45-year-old man that's experienced life. Um, and to hear that's a person that tucks a t shirt into some braided, yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, but to hear an 18 year old say something, you know, give off that vibe that hey, it's about me and it's about how much better I can get. It goes back to that Brock Vandegrift quote, um, hey, I would leave if I didn't think I was getting better. Sorry if I stole that from you, Palmer. You did, (laughs) (laughs) you did. (laughs) What goes around comes around. I saw the the way his head like just shook there, real quick. I was like, oh man, I I just undercut Palm. Um, we got a question from Craig Lawson, and maybe Rusey can shed some light on this. The scavenger hunt, I really I had to have Rusty explain it to me too. This is a boiled down version of what Mark Rick did uh, when he was here, when he brought a ton of kids on the campus for the same weekend. And this thing has kind of emerged, you know, as a, a cult favorite, I guess. Like it was a little event that Kirby staff put together to simplify these weekends. And now it's uh, it's really like the event of the summer, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, it's like the new dog night, right? I mean, that's probably the closest comparison that we've got um, in terms of, you know, they're bringing in guys that aren't necessarily committed, but, you know, these are all pretty high-level guys for the most part. And, um, you know, Craig's asking, does Kirby get involved in the scavenger hunt? Absolutely. There's no question about it. Part, of the, part scavenger of the scavenger hunt. hunt. Yeah, I was going to say, part of the scavenger hunt always is find Coach Smart. And yeah. so you, you get to go, you got to go take a photo with coach smart. And that's like part of it. They keep, uh, they always post those to Twitter. It's great exposure for Kirby. He's posing with the guys, you know, I great mean, so, content for us. Absolutely. Sure. <laughs> he's, got, he's got envelopes hanging off of him like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Come Just find go him. Pick go he's pick one McDonald's off of Kirby, bag. see how much is in it. Yeah. He's got the McDonald's bags. Like <laughs> the Pruitt, uh, this the is Pruitt, Athens. Uh, this is in Knoxville. Uh, um, but you know, yeah, he's absolutely a huge part of it. Um, you know, staffers are, uh, also involved. I mean, you're going to be basically, my understanding has always been that kind of like you're with the position, your positional coach and you're a team. And so you're with other guys who play your position and then you kind of run around and, uh, do all the things, check them all off. And so, uh, like you said, Wes, it really has turned into a big event to be honest with you. When I first heard about it, I was like, that's kind of a cheesy idea yeah. for a Kirby smart uh, thing. You know, like to me, it seems a little bit goofy, but it's really kind of taken a life of its own and really kind of, like you said, turned into a major, major event for Georgia recruiting. It, and it, they've, it, they've used it to accentuate the, 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 the features of Athens, the features of the university of Georgia mm-hmm. that, that they really want to be seen. You know, yeah, that they it want feels like it. It feels like an orientation type thing, and yes. and but the, I mean, you know, as cheesy as it may feel, if you, if you've got, you know, the the kind of visit list that Georgia's got, and these kids buy into it, and they, you know, whether they buy into the scavenger hunt or not, if they're on campus for it, um, yeah, that's you know, a huge that, that win. Says it all. Yeah, who cares? I mean, my God, let them go wrestle pigs if they're. I mean, just get them on campus, dude. Who cares what they're doing? Palmer's going to be in the rafters of the Chapel Bell snapping <laughs> picks for us this weekend. Uh, well, speaking of that that visit list, the fact that Dylan Raiola should be there from everything we know, along with some other incredibly stupid talent, Roos, 
Take us home on the show tonight with the kinds of connections, the networking that could be going on uh, between Dylan Raiola and some of the other talent in the Classic City this weekend. And well, do it in song form. <laughs> I'm going to do interpretive dance, in fact. Um, so, do like um, do like Michael Sarah and Superbad. <laughs> These eyes. Uh, no, so <laughs> I uh, I can't. Listen, I, the Riola piece can't really be underrated in all of this. I mean, everybody's after Kirby Smart uh, and, and, you know, wants to know what how he's going to be involved in this. The staffers will be involved as well. But, you know, Dylan Raiola's presence is going to be huge. And like I said, Wes, we're expecting him to be there as of Wednesday night. And so we'll see if it all comes together. Uh, you always got to include caveats for that kind of thing. But we're expecting him to be there. And if he's there, it's planned. Then that's massive because there's going to be a gravitas around a guy like that. And I keep telling people this about, you know, the NIL era. And it's not necessarily a money thing, but it's an exposure thing. Guys want to be in the sphere with people like Dylan Raiola. They know that their brand is expanded by being adjacent to a guy like that. They are going to be on camera if Dylan Raiola is around. They're going to be, uh, you know, connected to more people than they would ever think to be if Dylan Raiola is around. And so I think that that's such a huge piece to this, man. Um, you know, you get a guy like Jeremiah Smith on campus. And look, we can call it what it is. Georgia has not been recruiting wide receiver at the level that they have linebackers. Y'all got to stop talking about this guy because I'm just going to get my hopes up. Uh, he's I, listen, I, and and I caution everybody not to because Ohio State is what Ohio State is, and Brian Hartline is the guy. There's no question about it. as whatever you think about Glenn Schumann on linebackers. It is equal when it comes to Brian Hartline at wide receiver. So this is not a guy that gets beat a lot, and this is a guy who's developing NFL talent. The pedigree is there. It's all in place when you're come, talking about Come that. to Ohio this, State and sit out of a playoff game if you're uh, toe hurts. Hey, and don't and whatever you do, do not ride with that man and his side by side. Okay, <laughs> yeah. stay out of the man side by side. But you so know, you this is. Like I said, this is it's it's huge. I mean, it really is. It's massive. Those connections, and like I said, to me, it's all about the brand now, right? I mean, guys are you know branding themselves. I mean, what uh, Julian Humphrey came in with Julio Island. I mean, he he made that up in, in his senior year of high school. I mean, he was already like ahead of the train when it came to branding himself. You know, these guys are are smart. They're savvy, and they've got people in their corners who are directing them in that way, and. Listen, if you want to be uh, on the front of the paper, you want to be on the TV, Dylan Raiola is going to have cameras on him uh, when he gets to Athens sitting on the bench. So you just want to be sitting on the bench next to Dylan Raiola. I mean, he has that kind of power. That's what comes with the number one, um, the, with, with being the number one player in America and especially at a position like quarterback. Whew. I want to. I want the man. camera to catch West Blankenship on the bench next to Dom, Dylan Raiola before he leaves Georgia. <laughs> Why would that happen? I don't know. Just see you down there on the sideline, sneak over there, and just slide in there real quick. Let the camera catch and get out. I'm going to do. Uh, I've got a. I've got a list coming tomorrow. Um, I'm breaking down what I think are the five most important visits this weekend, and uh, I'll go ahead and tease one of them tonight because he just yeah. dropped his uh, top Drop five. That. Jeremiah, and, uh, it's important. I, well, he's on the list. So we'll, I guess we'll tease two. It's Jaden Riddell, though. Jaden Riddell just dropped his top five tonight. Uh, Ooh, uh, just steal there. something from the Vols? 
number one, uh, number one tight end in America uh, per the rankings. Uh, well, I guess number two, I think actually he may have fallen behind Landon Thomas. Um, but uh, no question though, that Jade Riddell, a huge piece of this and a guy who I think is going to be heavily influenced by the Riola decision. I think that he's a guy, I'm not saying he's on commit watch, but Georgia, this is, and, and I wrote this earlier in the week when I was previewing some of the official visits, what this opportunity provides Georgia is they get to set the bar. All right. For these official visitors, Georgia is the bar, which everything else will be measured against. That's a great position to be in. in my opinion, you in my, I think you want either the first or the last official visit. Um, the, they're getting a lot of firsts this week. They're getting a lot of really talented guys that aren't even on officials this week. I think that they've got a real chance to, set the stage for the summer for some of the best players in the nation. And that's really all you can ask for if you're Kirby Smart and his staff. R- Riddell's uh, an unofficial though, right? It is. Yes. That's what, yeah, 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 absolutely. And, yeah. And, yeah. and he uh, just checked. He's the number one tight end, according to on three, number two oh. in the industry ranking. That's yep. what it is. Yep. Okay. And when you get them off for unofficials, that, that means a lot because uh, they're coming on their own dime. Ain't no doubt. And he's coming back for an official, and it won't be long before he's back on campus. So it's uh, a situation for him where, you know, you follow it up, you get two visits super close together like that, and both of them slap. Hey, maybe things change. Of of Georgia's tight ends that they've got on the roster, which one does he compare to most, do you think? Ooh, um, that's tough, man. I would say – I would say probably just from a build standpoint, he's probably most similar to Bowers in terms of how he's put together. Yeah, George um, is I, going after these guys that are kind of cut from like blocks of granite. Seems like. Yeah, I mean, and he's kind of. I mean, he's a he's a pretty thick dude. Go look at. They are listed at the exact same six four two thirty. Boom! Look at me. I didn't even know that. And I, I just is he a Tennessee commit or uh, he's, no. not. he's not. But he's not they, committed anywhere. I think Tennessee was once maybe considered, you yes. know, the the favorite a little bit. Okay, Georgia yeah. has kind of since supplanted him there for their him yeah. and Ryan Wingo. Seems far. like it's easy easy to do. If you're <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> so Ro, a couple things, Ro. You mentioned uh, me sitting on the bench next to Riola and Alan Hampton down here. I, I think is calling me Forrest Gump. So, or or that's a. I I mean I gotta assume he's talking about me box of chocolates yeah I'm, I'm i'm more like i'm more Dad, like is that you i'm more like leaning over to the guy next to me in the in the infirmary with a bullet in my ass you know the bedpan right <laughs> ice cream that's that's several uh lieutenant dan references on this show alone lieutenant dad i'm just i'm and i'm i'm bubba gump over here but with curry <laughs> instead of shrimp yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rusty Manziel over on our board. If you're not a uh, premium subscriber to Dogs HQ, this is from a thread about Georgia's coaches on the recruiting trail. And uh, one of, if not several, Dogs coaches are all over the country. I mean, they, they are in any given state right now. They could be anywhere. They could be in your state uh, right now visiting a top prospect. So if you're not signed up to Dogs HQ, it's $1 right now for six months. What are you waiting for? You can read more about what the dogs coaches have going on. Let's chop some wood. It is a Wednesday. Guys, I'm going to chop some wood about uh, about Bo Jackson. He can't get rid of his hiccups. I don't know if y'all have heard about this or not, but he's got a condition where he's had hiccups for like the past year. And I know he's an Auburn guy, and this is the Georgia show. 
But I'm chopping wood, man. Somebody find a cure for this man. This is a cruel and unusual punishment, and uh, I'm, I'm pulling for Bo. What's y'all's hiccup cure? Do y'all have a, a tried and true way to get rid of the hiccups when you get them? The, uh, I, I mean, I, I always try to do the hold the breath thing. Hold I gotta tell you though, it's re- like re- in reading that story, I realized I and I probably am gonna curse myself by saying this. I haven't had hiccups in a long Ooh. time. I yeah, I just got them. I'll tell you what, man. When I get them, when I get them, I can't get rid of them soon enough. I, I mean, it takes me about about ninety seconds of having them before I am furious. Yeah, yeah I mean, having them for a year, a man. Year? Yeah, oh, I had a, I had a friend that had them at one point, and he was like, "Palmer, how do I get rid of them?" And I just slapped him across the face, and all of a sudden they were gone. <laughs> just himself, <laughs> and he still had them. <laughs> yeah. So in in my family, it was always you scare them, uh, especially babies. Yeah. Babies yeah. get hiccups, you scare them. Well, apparently that's very dangerous. Don't do that. The baby. Yeah, it gives them like PTSD. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they have to go to therapy years later. I'm, I, I'm assuming Jeffrey Dahmer's parents did that for him. <laughs> what happened? Probably. So. Um, if you can hold your breath and swallow like water seven times before you hiccup again or breathe, that gets rid of them for me. So, Bo Jackson, I know you're watching. Give that a shot. <laughs> All right, who's next? Oh my god, twenty I'm years. Ch- <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, I'm gonna chop wood about a piece that I did today. Um, Tom's take. A uh, little bit of a mailbag, um, fun thing to do. Uh, and at some summer spots in Athens, um, open to any and all suggestions uh, from the vets over here, anybody in the uh, comment section. But um, Psycho Dog asked off, off topic, what are the uh, eating places you visit during the summer when it's less crowded? Um, Ooh. I said, you know. Marker seven and Chuck's are on my list to hit uh, since there's less competition to get in there. Uh, Clocked has a new menu. Um, No, honestly, I'm not a huge seafood guy, but I like both those spots and they're all always super crowded. Um, You know, you can get a great burger just about anywhere. Um, Tyler Tyler Brennan has the right answer. (laughs) Tyler Brennan's not wrong. Um, Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, um, you know, sh- just going to promo that piece a little bit and uh, also, um, you know, just mention the fact that it, open to any and all questions. So, uh, you know, for, for next week and, and going forward, uh, promoting that, um, Tom's take. All right. Get your suggestions into Palmer Tom's. Tell them where to go. I'll Bro, go. You want to leave? We, I might go. You go ahead, Rose. All right. Um, I'm going to chop wood about uh, the job that these guys have done on the recruiting trail to this point um, to go ahead and land Dylan Riola ahead of the summer and kick the summer off with the fireworks like that, man, you can't really understate it. And I think Georgia is, you know, we've talked a lot about the possibility of uh, historic class. I think that this is the kind of thing that gives you the momentum to get there. And so, um, you know, they're scouring the country. Like you said, Wes, they're in every state. They've been all over the place, man. Um, I don't know how those guys do it. I mean, I know the money's good, and I certainly would give it a shot for the cash, but I don't know how long I could last. Um, they're they're cut from different cloth, man. Uh, they're not leaving a lot of stones unturned. And um, to go ahead and get it going ahead of the summer like this, I think is huge. Uh, that's really the big piece for me. I think Georgia moves into the summer in a 
power position and not that they weren't already there in terms of, you know, I mean, they had the number one class already, but to go ahead and to have a guy like uh, Riola aboard to have a defender, the caliber of Ellis Robinson aboard, you've got two key pieces at um, key spots and they're going to be able to lead the way for you there. You know, Ellis Robinson is continuing to take visits, but he told Chad Simmons, Hey, look, man, you know, I'm locked in with Georgia. This is just what I do. Somebody on our board said, Hey, you know, a free trip uh, to Miami to start the summer doesn't sound like a bad deal. I couldn't agree more. So, you know, Georgia in a really, like I said, power position. I think that's what I'm chopping wood about moving into this summer. The dividends it could pay are huge. And I think that if you got your hope, you got your hopes up. I think that you're right to do so. Um, I'm going to chop wood on something I brought up earlier, which was, you know, I talked about Broderick Jones and the way he's recruiting with his comments and uh, hosting recruits. Well, I know for a fact I've heard uh, a few different players and I don't I don't want to get it wrong on anybody. So I'm not going to say any specific names, but these guys are away from Athens right now. A lot of these guys are back home. They're doing internships. They're doing um, they're they're hanging out with mom. The, you know they're 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 going fishing with dad. They're doing fun stuff and and seeing people that they don't get to see a whole lot. Um, but also a few of them, uh, you know, I don't know how many, are getting summoned back to Athens uh, to help with this uh, scavenger hunt weekend. They're going to come back. They're going to help host recruits. They're going to be there. They're going to be personalities. They're going to try to sell these kids on the program and kind of help the coaches do their job. Uh, I know for a fact that everybody I've heard about thus far has dropped everything they had going on and they're coming back. Um, you know, some of them a couple hours, some of them five, six hours. Um, listen, man, it's, it takes a team, you know, as we learned with the, with the Dylan Riola situation, um, you know, Sean Chappas, Mike Bobo and his damn fullbacks, man, uh, he was back at it. And, you know, that's the, he played a role in that as well. And, you know, he's the, uh, he's basically, I mean, he's not involved in the day to day for football. He's just trying to help raise money up there. Um, it takes everybody to do what, what Georgia has done these past couple of years. Kirby made reference to that when he was talking about Lauren Smith and all the different people that were looped into that book. Um, so ultimately, man, uh, you know, kudos and hats off. When you look at these pictures this week, this week, uh, this weekend, and you see, um, you know, Jeremiah Smith standing there and he's got his arm around, you know, uh, Dominic Lovett or, or, you know, or, or Dylan Bell or whatever. Those guys probably dropped what they were doing um, their own time, their own free time to come back and help the University of Georgia get better for the future for when they're gone. And uh, that's pretty impressive, and that's part of that culture thing. I, I'm not going to say that uh, – I, I don't think that Laneith Whitehead is going to be talking smack on Tennessee, but you better believe that uh, Jaden Riddell and those guys that are looking at it, he's going to be able to give them an instant comparison as to what's different and uh, how this is – why he is where he is now and – why he chose to uh, leave where he was. And I, hey, I, I couldn't know. play here for free, man. I'm, yeah. not gonna, I'm paying to play here. What you yeah. talking about? <laughs> yeah. One more thing I'm going to chop wood about. I promised you earlier in the show for our video watchers. Uh, this is Stetson Bennett, and this video is courtesy of the Los Angeles Rams. Look at the cannon on the mailman. Don't underestimate this guy, man. Don't give him a shot. That guy catching that pass looks like a young Jake Rowe. He's uh he's gonna yeah, no question. Like a gazelle. <laughs> he's gonna he's going to uh try to be the uh Ryan Puglisi to uh Matt Stafford's Dylan Riola, yeah. I think. So exciting stuff. Y'all yeah, really. check it out if you're listening on the 
podcast. We've seen some uh, increased numbers. I'm sure our buddy Rusty Menzel has a little something to do with that, but we appreciate any and all new viewers and or listeners to the Georgia show. We're live every eight every uh, Wednesday and Sunday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, and don't miss Bark After Dark live every Monday at 9 p.m., also available in podcast format. For Palmer, Jake, and the Mountain Devil, Jake Roos himself, I'm Wes Blankenship. Y'all have a great weekend. We will catch you back here Sunday after a crazy weekend for Georgia football recruiting. Bless you, Jake Roos. See ya. Thank you. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.